Welcome to Sin 315. We're here to encourage and equip Christians to engage in the adventure of sharing Jesus with those that God puts into their life. And we're so glad you're here. Hey everybody, we are very glad you're here. Sarah, I'm amazed that we're here. I don't know if your week has been as busy and crazy, <laughs> but this is kind of a settling place for me. I mean, I, I'm not like settled like gloomy. I'm settled like, ah, here it's we are. It's Friday. Yeah, here we are. <laughs> yeah, and, and our friends are listening, and hopefully they told their friends, and so you can't even tell who's mm -hmm. there, right? Yeah. But you, me, but and Matt there. are here. Yeah. <laughs> yep, I'm definitely here. <laughs> yeah, it, it has. It's been, a, it's been a crazy, really, really fun week, and I just love being here. I'm glad to be here, too, as always. And the week's been a little busy, but a good week. I feel like I'm in a good place in my head space. But you were telling me you had something that happened yeah. in relationship to the Lord and sharing that. I went out to lunch with a guy. I just enjoy him and everything and, and we're built similarly in some ways. And so waitress is there and he says, you know, we're going to pray for our food. Um, what can we pray for you? She pulls out this necklace that says Yahweh on it. Nice. So, so I'm expecting she has some sort of religious conviction of some sort. You don't just end up with that. So the short version of it is she really opens up her life. I mean, she just feels comfortable enough to say, single mom, working three jobs, seven days a week, and we get to pray for her right there, and she's crying, and she's coming to church. If he had not said that, none of that would happen. This is just the tip, like you guys, man, I'm telling you, you don't know what intentionality and simple acts of being like Jesus can do. I think too, when you just take that step to take that little risk, and it's a really small risk for us to say, can I pray for you? Usually people are really blessed by that. Even if they're like, oh, I, did, I didn't mean right now, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> or if they don't open up, they can feel the care and the, the love in that. And it means a lot to somebody. Especially if it's authentic, if mm -hmm. it's where you're coming from, if it's for real and you're listening to the Holy Spirit, then you just settle in and supernatural things happen. Now you may make a blunder, Mm -hmm. I have a very good friend who was very enthusiastic at the park, and, and this guy is screaming at him, no, you can't pray for me. Get away from me. Leave me alone. And he's running away Is the guy's like throwing something at him. <laughs> <laughs> but it's hilarious. So you're going to mess up, right? But you're in the adventure when you decide to start with a mindset in the morning, step into it, and see what happens. You can do that no matter what your personality is, no matter what is going on, which leads us into styles, which mm -hmm. we've been talking about. We kind of quickly overviewed them right. last week. Each of these styles that we have of sharing your faith, communicating the Lord to people that might be natural to you are challenging, analytical, my story, relational, come and see, and servant. In the previous episode, we did kind of hit what each one was, and then we dived deeper into challenging and relational. Today, we're going to hit two more of them. And this first one, I was a little surprised because I had taken the test myself years ago, and I was like hardcore, my story, and relational. And then I retook the test this week, and I actually had one that was stronger than my story and relational, which are still very strong, but my strongest one now is analytical. See, that's interesting. When you told me that, I was going, huh. 
And we do change, mm-hmm. you know, and analytical is a very, very interesting one that's really, really important, both with its strengths and the things you got to look out for. And someone else has described it as intellectual. These are the folks that write the books. I was in debate all through high school and in college. So there's a line of logic. There's ways that things make sense or they don't make sense. I'll tell you, this is what would drive an analytical crazy. Yeah, I don't believe in the Bible. Oh, wow. Have you read it? No. <laughs> Well, wait a minute. How do you not believe in something that you've never even read? How does that work? That's a logical argument. Like, hmm. However, you have to watch your tone. We've talked about that a little bit in challenging. You have to watch your tone and your mindset with analytical because it's not about winning an argument. I would describe like an analytical person is when they have a belief or something that they think they know, they'll look for evidence to like support it. Sometimes people do it that way, but also I have this relational side of me and really my analytical side has grown because of that. Mm. Because for me, I think I have some natural analytical, like intellectual, I'm a big deep thinker. I think about everything. I like to know about everything. So I have some of that naturally, but the way that it grows so much is because when I hear about a certain type of person, I want to go find out everything I can about them so that I can know how to potentially speak to them about certain things. How can I be in their mind? How can I see how they think? So then I can get in there and help move them in a certain way or persuade them or help them understand. I listen to tons of podcasts. I'm trying to grow on the reading thing because I think that's important you're listening to other podcasts (laughs) all the time all the time on whatever subjects allowed and so i just like consume them like a sponge and i try to find out about all sorts of things and i want to know the whole like 360 (laughs) views on everything before i form like what i think that's really fun for me and really good but yeah there's definitely some pitfalls with that yeah because Sometimes, one, you can get too locked into what you think because you found all this evidence. You have to still kind of be movable, moldable. Listening. Listening. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Like you have to still be able to hear somebody and not just assume what you think they know or assume what you think they're going to say because you're so prepared with all of this stuff. It's interesting because it's a really important point that you're making. Your analytical really is founded from relational. Yeah. You know, I want to get to know that person. I want to be able to relate. It's so important that that person feels heard, Mm -hmm. right? So that comes from relational. Analytical on the other side, you really need to be prepared. I was telling you about a, a podcast that I listened to. The guy said there's so many people that have the convenience of an opinion Mm. without the inconvenience of study and facts Mm -hmm. and research. And, you know, especially on on social stuff and medical stuff that's going on right now. And an analytical can't be that way. An analytical can't just have strong opinions. They need to dig into apologetics. You know, a book, The New Evidence That Demands a Verdict is a really, really good one from Josh McDowell. It's an updated one. And so just digging in like, hey, if I've created relationship with you and I've earned the right to be heard, mostly by listening, then I can say in a real honest conversation for real, there's a lot of evidence that Jesus lived and was who he said he was and the Bible really is accurate. Would you dig into that with me? And then you hear that tone of heart instead of becoming a boxing match. As an analytical person, I form the why 
for what I believe, mm -hmm. what I think. But at the same time, I have to remind myself, sometimes things are a little more complex. Like there's always going to be that one person I meet where I don't have the facts. I don't have the figures. I don't have the whole study. And that's okay. I can still speak to them. I can still minister to that person without having those. Also knowing that, okay, if I don't have the facts or figures, or if I meet someone who suddenly doesn't match my facts and figures, it's okay. Because one, I'm connected to God. And God, he knows all of that on a more complex level than I will ever be able to understand so I can have peace. What I remind myself is when I'm talking to someone and I'm, I've got my facts and figures ready, like you were talking about, is earning that right to be heard. I think, too, coming from the mindset of I'm not trying to get them to believe what I do, but if I can help them think on a different level, which is what, as an analytical person, that's part of your gifting, is that you can think more deep than some other people naturally do. Not that other people aren't thinkers, but you practice using that side and like thinking around things and, and doing that. And that's more natural to you than maybe the average person. Every analytical person listening will understand exactly what you're saying. Yes. They go, yeah, yeah, I get her. When you're talking to someone, don't make it about, I have to lay out all my facts and figures right. and get them to think exactly like I do. Help them look at it and help them begin to start to use their thinking muscle in a new way. Because when they start to do that, the Holy Spirit will jump in there and he'll start helping right. them. Because if they are really on a path for goodness, if they are really on a path for truth and seeking after that, at some point they will inevitably land in God mm -hmm. because God is truth, God is goodness. All those things that we want, he has them all. So yeah. if we're truly seeking after that, we're gonna find it in him. And so that's just like, one of my keys that I have to remind myself. I'm not trying to convince someone right. to my way. I'm trying to meet them and maybe help them see it a little different way. One of the things that you said I think is really important. Remember that the Holy Spirit is engaged in this. You wouldn't be in it if he wasn't in it, right? And he mm -hmm. called you to it. But also, we've I don't think yet in the podcast we've ever talked about the Engel scale. And some of the people listening know about it. And essentially, it's uh, that we are just moving people, many times, we are moving people along this journey of seeking Christ. And you're planting a seed, one waters, one fertilizes. You're playing your part. And, and that's really, really critical. The other thing, too, is just finding answers together with somebody yeah. can be more powerful than, quote, having all the answers. I don't know. That's a great thing to say to somebody, especially <laughs> if you don't know. But let's go find out or I'll go ask or, wow, what a great question. With that, too, is like when I really study something out and I form my, this is what I think, I can start to feel a little superior. <laughs> yeah, we got to watch out for that. <laughs> you know, and uh, today actually kind of had this happen. It wasn't in a sharing faith conversation. So the church that we go to and are part of and on staff and that support our podcast. Thank Foothills you. Christian Church. Thank you, Foothills. <laughs> we have decals that we give away to people. Mm -hmm. And so I was driving to work and there was a truck in front of me that had the sticker. I do not know who this person is, so I'm not Listening trying to shame right anyone, but <laughs> maybe, I don't know. But they were riding all the cars in front of them. 
They did it to a big crane truck. They did it to another car. And I was behind them watching this, and I was like, we need to take away their sticker. <laughs> like, two minutes later, I get on the freeway, and it was kind of a very precarious situation. I'm not going to explain it. But I made a mistake in my driving, <laughs> and I put myself at risk, another car at risk, and a truck at risk when I did this. And I... it was okay, but it was a bad move. I thought it was a good move at the time, and it wasn't. And I just felt so humbled. Good, good. <laughs> because I was sitting there the whole couple minutes before, frustrated with this other car. And so I think... In that, we always have to come at these things with humility. You know, like you were saying, we don't know everything. We are limited. One of the styles that really has a more natural gifting to exhibit humility is the servant. Absolutely true. Every once in a while, I'll use the phrase sneaky evangelism. I shared that with a, a young lady that I met at a conference, and she goes, when you said that, I thought of Slytherin. <laughs> In Harry Potter. And I went, that's not how I meant it. I know Slytherin, and that's not what I'm talking about. More like Samwise Gamgee oh, in Lord of the Rings. Such a servant. Once again, these styles can combine together, right? You can be analytical and, and be a servant, or you can be relational and be a servant. So when people take this quiz to kind of get a, a feeling of it, it can blend together. Serving is so hard to argue especially when it's not done with a blatant ulterior motive, mm. when it's just done naturally. One of my favorite examples is Watchman Nee. You can look up Watchman Nee, Sit, Walk, Stand, and other books that he, that he wrote. He was watering his rice field, and his neighbor would steal the water and put it onto his field. And so what he did after several times of that happening, and he was just seeking the Lord on what he should do, he would get up earlier in the morning, and go water his neighbor's field before he watered his own. Mm. And that touched that man's heart so much. It just was so much like Jesus. All of these styles are like Jesus mm -hmm. because he made us. So we're made in his image and we operate in his image. We operate in the design. But boy, people love Jesus the servant. This one is one that comes naturally and there's so many different ways to do it. I think one of the big strengths of a servant person, servant-minded person, is that they're very practical. They're mm. very hands-on and they're really not just in doing it, but they're good at seeing what is the practicality that needs to happen. They're looking at the person, they're hearing the person and they're like, oh, they need someone to watch their kids. I can do that. And I will. Mm -hmm. I can and I will. And you know, it's kind of like love languages. You don't want to force your service on somebody mm -hmm. because you know what they need. You <laughs> look be behind the need at really what's going on. And you're right. Once again, the Holy Spirit is supernaturally gifting people in their style to be used in a way that is natural to them, you know, mm -hmm. over and over again. They will. They'll see the need and they'll meet the, the very, very practical need. Yeah. And it can come in bigger forms, like I said, the watching your kids. But I think it can also come in little forms. You know, at work, if you notice someone that has been stressed out, you can buy them a coffee. That can go a long way yeah. with people. But there's some pitfalls, as with every style, just some areas less natural to them. And that's in the actual vocal <laughs> sharing of the Lord. Some people use the, uh, I'll call it an excuse. They attribute some quote to St. Francis, and we're pretty certain that St. Francis never said this, but you know, share the gospel when necessary, use words. And it can be an excuse for not sharing the gospel and sharing the word of God verbally. In my mind, it comes back to the why you're doing it. Jesus just is 
blessed me so much. He's helped me and I want to help you. What I find interesting too is I've got a lot of friends who are not followers of Christ, who are not believers, and they're really serving. Mm. And they are really good, good, way better than me. They're paying in Starbucks in line for the person behind them and things and, and much bigger than that. I think when they see Christians operating in that as well, yeah. there's just a meshing of it where they go, oh, wow, you don't hate everything and you're not trying to beat me up with anything. They see the the servant heart yeah to our listeners make sure that they got how simple you said the words that it's just you pointed out you said god's bless me and i want to bless you that's it yeah that's all that it it takes you don't have to like break down the theology of the trinity you don't have to have the facts and figures you just know hey this love that i've received this is why i'm doing this act of kindness for you and i've done that before and it really it makes a powerful impact. Like we're talking about earning the right to be heard without agenda, without being all pushy and everything like that, that it can just naturally flow into amazing places. And like you said, kind of the warning and the safeguard to watch out for is to step into the next conversation and go with the Holy Spirit and follow that where that takes you. But serving people from a genuine servant's heart is diabolical. It kind of like Slytherin. No, no, not like Slytherin. <laughs> not like Slytherin. Yeah. And I think it's just so important too, because like you were saying with the non-Christians friends that you have, people are attracted to that servant, those little acts of kindness, those bigger acts of kindness. People are so drawn and pulled to that. I mean, we make whole news stories about it. You'll be watching the news and you hear about this person that did that. And the more times that Christians can be seen doing that, it will start to change the narrative in people's minds that Christians are hypocritical and they're mean and they just hate this or whatever, which we know is false. But in those acts of kindness, the more moments they have with Christians like that, the more that narrative will start to change. And like you said, it just opens them up more and more, little by little, and it's extremely powerful. And like most things, the best reason to do it is because Jesus told us to. Matthew 5, 16 is just such a strong verse for this. And it says, in the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. That's important. We're supposed to be doing these things and God gets the glory and you don't get all the kudos of being such a really cool serving person that they understand the why. And that's really important. We want to equip people and I'd like to give a couple of things away. Tons of resources on the website. There's books. There's all sorts of things there. Of course, the quiz is there, and we really encourage Mm -hmm. you to take it. Josh McDowell's book, The New Evidence That Demands a Verdict. This is a doorstop book. I mean, you want to read it and everything, but it's big. (laughs) And so for you aspiring analytical people, I would like to make that available and just give it away for free. And also one that's a little more general because we're going through these, and next week we'll go through a couple more. But there's a book that I think I've mentioned before by Dr. Mike Bechtel, and it's called Evangelism for the Rest of Us. And it's about sharing Christ within your personality style. And he's got a little different take in, in some areas than we do, but it's, it's in harmony with what we're trying to accomplish. Yeah, so as you're listening to this, we have a post on our Instagram, sent underscore 315. And you can go on there and comment. And we'd love for you to comment what your favorite episode has been thus far. So you can just put like the title, like Styles 1 or whatever 
once we see your comment on there, we'll enter you in the drawing. And I will secretly, personally sneak a Scent 315 sticker <laughs> into that book that you can apply to your car and become a better driver. <laughs> and remember, you're sent. Thank you.